I am discovering me. Discovering me. My identity was hidden, taken from me, long before my ancestors began hanging from trees. The serpent, he was the real thief, deceiving my sister Eve. He made me forget I was royalty. My father is a king. I am the daughter of the everlasting, loving, omniscient three. He came to give me life. This world wants to take it away. He never intended for it to be this way. Free will, a blessing, and a curse. Say my name. My life matters. God said it first. Discovering me. Redefining my identity. Made fearfully and wonderfully, flaws and all, my destiny was altered when I heard his call. I can't see where I'm going, but I know what I'm leaving behind. My faith is blind, lamps at my feet as I shoulder his load. I feel light, I see life as I walk the Samaritan road. First Peter 4.10 Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is Nori, your host of Discovering Me podcast. And today I am excited to introduce my sister, I call her Kira, but the rest of the world knows her as TK. So I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hey. <laughs> so that's very true. The whole world really does know me as TK for the most part. Um, a lot of people probably don't even know what my real, my actual name is. They just think my name is TK. <laughs> so in real life, my name is Takira. But I always say to people, I have one of those names. So. <laughs> That's where TK comes from. And yeah, the whole family calls me Kira. And I am, professionally speaking, I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, um, and just overall artist. And I'm just really excited because I'm also a conversationalist. So <laughs> I'm just trying to get into it. I'm excited. I'm so, you're so funny. I am so excited to have my sister on. And if you know her, you know that she is a very disciplined person. She is very purposeful in what she does. She does, like anything that she does, there's a purpose and a plan behind it. She does not like to waste her time. And most of it is centered around her music. <laughs> and so today, <laughs> and so today we're going to talk about discipline, pursuing your passion, and perfecting your craft. And so jumping into it, you can kind of give them an idea of what discipline means to you. Mm -hmm. So it's first off, I'm kind of laughing at myself because hearing you describe me is so funny because <laughs> I don't really think of it that way. You're like, yeah, everything she does, like there's a purpose behind it. And, and I'm like, oh, that's actually true. But I don't really think of it that way. So <laughs> say that. But um. Yeah, discipline is funny to me because I don't really wake up in the morning and think like, okay, I need to be disciplined. I think I think that naturally I just have a brain that's like, okay, what are all the things that I need to do today? Mm. And it just turns out looking like discipline, but really these are just things that I want to do. So I think what ends up happening is the things that you really want to do, you make time for them. True. And yeah, and what I've started to learn recently very recently is you just can't make time for everything 
you really, really can't. And I used to really pride myself on being able to say yes to everybody and being able to spread myself as thin as possible and be mm. like, yeah, I'm here for everybody. Like anybody who needs me to do something, I'm here for it. But I've come to realize that like, okay, you're 27, about to be 28, okay, <laughs> 27, and you want to be retired from nine to five, the nine to five lifestyle by 30. So things have to change. So for me, that looks like saying no to my job a lot more because ultimately, you can't put so much of your time into whatever it is that you're trying to stop doing. Yeah. A lot of this I've learned through mentorship is just like, if you, if you want a serious outcome, then you need to be serious about it. Yeah. And and stop taking, stop taking things so lightly, pretty much like everybody has aspirations to do things and everybody wants to like one day do this or yeah, one day in the future, I'm going to do that. But I guess for me, I always call things like the switch, like even with working out, it's like flipping a switch Mm -hmm. or dedicated. It's like flipping a switch. So for me, I guess my discipline uh, switch got flipped when I realized that there's not going to be a one day if you don't actively start seriously focusing on that one day. Right. I just, for me, I started to just say no. And this comes from a lot from reading books and stuff too, but just say no to anything that doesn't, bring you closer to your goal Mm -hmm. ultimately that's really what it all it is yeah it sounds like you're living life on purpose I think I also I think this is just part of our characters growing up but I also try to do all the things all the time and luckily you made the decision before your body made it to you to stop doing all the things (laughs) but actually that's kind of not true because my back fell apart that's true I have three herniated discs in my back right now and that forced me to be like girl you got to slow down. Yeah. And also one of the things like you need to get out of the, your job because your job is what's tearing your body up. So yeah. that's another thing that I've gotten a lot more focused. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that that's something that I'm trying to do more of. I think that I've already told Jeffrey a bunch of times, I don't want to work a full-time job ever again. That freaks him <laughs> out. <laughs> and I get it, yo. Yeah, it gives him major anxiety, so I stopped saying it, but I still mean it. I just don't say it out loud. <laughs> like, no, I still think it, but I just don't. Tell him. I don't put words to it. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. because I'm just like, I don't want to give, there's so, like, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, I have been making, you know, I've been doing different business ideas since who knows when, since I found out that having your own business was a thing. Yeah, you've you've been low-key working for yourself in a lot of different ways. I think it started with fashion Mm -hmm. and stuff for yourself and then making stuff for other people and learning how to make that into a business and then with jewelry and then with hair. All that stuff is like you've you've really low-key been self-employed for a while. Right. And I just wasn't investing the time into it to make it a full-time thing. And so now I'm more committed to that. I'm more committed to, okay... If I don't want to work for somebody, why am I going to keep working? And like, it's funny because you get into this thought and you're like, oh, well, if I keep working, then I'll save up enough money to be able to put it towards the things that I actually want to do. But in actuality, what happens is you go, I'm so tired. I need a vacation. (laughs) And you also, when you keep working, you really just find yourself going deeper into work. Right. Because more attention, the 
where you put your attention is where you're going to end up. So especially the jobs that we had, we both worked in a similar shipping company. Um, field. Yeah. In a shipping company, <laughs> a, a delivery company. And it's like, the more attention you put on it, the more you get sucked in. Yes. And then like you said, by the time you get home, you're exhausted, literally exhausted. So you have to, make that you have to uh, identify that and also what I was going to say to your point um something that I learned through mentorship again is uh oh what was I going to say pretty much if you oh what was I going to say I think I just said that though pretty much if you want to if you're trying if you have a problem the way to fix the problem is not to go further into the problem right so if your job is your problem and you're trying to fix the, that issue, your the answer is not to go further into your job trying to get out of your job. You have to make real changes. Yeah. It's literally you have to, in order to do something different, you have to do something different. <laughs> it's like you can't keep living the same cycle and expect something to change, whether it is you actually saving up that extra bit of money so that you can quit your job eventually to do the thing that you want to do. If you're able to do that, I know that's not something that I'm great at. (laughs) But you know what I also, I also noticed that sometimes we focus on the wrong things when we're trying to get to the the right place. So what I've noticed, and I kind of fell into this trap too, and I had to be told like, "Eh, you're looking at it the wrong way. We see our job as the problem. And so our first our first solution is I should quit my job. Mm. But when you think about it, whatever it is that you're trying to get into, right? Like, so let's say I want to, I want to be full time in music, right? right? But nothing that I'm doing in my free time has to do with me going full time into music. But I decide my job is the reason that I don't have time to put into my music. So I quit my job, never established any type of right. discipline or structure towards my, my actual music. Right. I quit my job. Now, whatever I was doing in my free time, I'm just going to be doing more of that. So your job is not actually in the way. You are in your way. Yes. So what you realize, what I realized is my job actually can fund my music and my business if I use it that way. So my job is not in the way. It's just there as a resource for me to get to where I'm trying to go. Yeah. And eventually that's going to allow me to quit. But just quitting your job is not actually the answer if you have no real structure prior to leaving your current situation. Yeah, it takes developing a plan because I think I think that's kind of where I got stuck. It's like I had plans, but I was never sticking to them because I was so tired. It was just like, yeah. uh, I'll get to that another time. Or like, I work... Monday through Friday, I don't want to have to focus on this on Saturday and Sunday. Like, when am I ever going to stop? And so even when it's funny, because even when I tell Jeffrey, I never want to work full time again. It's not that I don't ever want to work full time again. I don't want to work full time for someone else doing something that I'm not passionate about, because I feel like that's where I'm going to spend the most of my life. And I don't want to be miserable the entire time I'm there. Uh, Yeah, a hundred percent. And, um, Another thing I was going to say. No, never mind. I kind of said that already. We can move on. (laughs) So what would you say gives you the motivation to... Because I think even though you don't recognize your discipline as a strength, it is a strength. It's funny because I model my discipline after you. I'm like, well, I'm so serious. (laughs) What's fun? I model 
myself after you. That's so weird. How does that make any sense? I guess it's <laughs> that whole iron sharpens iron thing. Yes. I think we're disciplined in, in different areas. Mm. Because when I look at you, I see, because I've known you my whole entire life, I right. see how you literally transformed into a different person and you've stuck to who you are as a person. But to you, it's just your lifestyle at this point. It's not really like, oh, I'm so disciplined and following, you know, right. the work of God and being um, someone who's, who's in, who's a spiritual person. But to me, I'm like, wow, she really sat here and mentally changed her whole entire mm. self and became a higher version of herself. That's crazy. <laughs> and so I, I like model myself after you. That is so weird. funny. Yeah, wow, that's, that's funny because I don't really, it's funny because when I think of it in the spiritual aspect, I don't necessarily think of it as discipline. It's funny. I get what you're saying now because for me, it's like you do or you don't. It's yeah, like, are you like, going to live a Christian? It, yeah. You either do. You, yeah. It's like I already made the decision. Right. It was just a decision. It wasn't really, I don't wake up every day and have to make the decision again every day. It's just, right. It's happened already. It's like when I tell people I'm vegan and they're like, wow, you're so disciplined. I'm like, girl, I don't even think about it. It's just how it's, I just eat. Right. I don't every day like, okay, how am I going to be vegan? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I made a decision and that was it. And then I went about the rest of my life and that's just, that's just what it was. That's funny. So, yeah. The word discipline to me is always so strange because I'm always like, is it discipline though? Or are you just, is it just a lifestyle change? But I guess those are the same thing. Yeah, because in order to change your lifestyle, you have to make a choice and then stick to it, which requires discipline and learning and growing. And I like that you said that it's not like you wake up every day and you're like, oh, how can I be vegan? Because it's funny because oftentimes what I hear in Christian sermons is like every day following God is a decision. And it is. But just because you make a wrong decision on one day doesn't mean that you completely stop being Christian. Just right. like if you accidentally eat something that has dairy in it, you're not like, oh, I'm not a vegan anymore. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> you know, I'd really be like, oh, shoot, that's crazy. All right, well, I just won't eat that again. Right. And you just move on. Right. And I think that that's a good point because it's not beating yourself up in the moment. Just because you mess up one time doesn't mean that everything that you did up until that point was for naught. It's like... Yeah, it's like, throw it all away. Right. So all those years of eating vegan food and all those years of following the Bible, it's nothing now. It doesn't make any sense at right. all. But it's just how people think. And I think it's a it's taught. Mm. Beating yourself up over just making a mistake is taught to you. Yeah. It is. It's definitely a learned behavior because it all is. I mean, it comes from teachers. It comes from childhood. I know for me, I was actually it was funny. So I, as you know, I've been working on trauma stuff and therapy. And it's like so it's funny because when you say the word trauma, people think it's like this big thing. And I think I've talked about this before, but trauma could literally be I did A and B was a really bad response. And so C, every time A happens, I freak out. And it could literally be as simple as. I asked a question and the teacher kind of scared me and made me feel humiliated. And so I stopped asking for help. Yeah. And yeah. And I would also even add to that definition of trauma is when something happens to you at a certain point in time and it changes how you um, go about that same situation permanently. Exactly. So, yeah, like you said, it's like, so now I just don't ask questions. Right. So that is trauma because it changed your whole. Exactly. And so I was telling Jeffrey, it's so funny because lately I've been working on asking for help because that's just not something I'm good at. I don't recognize when I need help. 
I'm just so you used. Don't to- <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Usually, when I recognize I need help, it's when I'm like frustrated to like here, and then I'm like overwhelmed, and I'm ready to cry, and I'm like, why isn't anybody helping me? And I'm like, oh. You didn't ask. <laughs> you know what's funny? The visual I get in my head is you just trying to carry a bunch of stuff. Like, let's say you have a bunch of dishes or something, and obviously you knew you need help, but you wait until you slip and fall and drop everything, and then you'd be like, I need help. But it's like, girl, you didn't need help. <laughs> but I think the reason we do that is because we feel like we got it. Right. You don't realize you don't got it until it's like, oh, I really don't got it. Right. And yeah, so... And- Panicking. Yeah, and while I'm working on that, it's frustrating because I keep finding myself in this cycle where I'll ask for help up to a certain point, and then, like, after a while, I just kind of forget, and then I get frustrated, and I'm like, why aren't you helping me? Like, why aren't you doing this? And he's like, I, I didn't. I didn't know you help. Right, exactly, and so randomly, these two um, thoughts from, like, elementary school, like, I'm saying I haven't had a, a memory past uh... 10 in years. But I, I, wow, yeah, That's impressive. right. <laughs> so recently, I had a memory about like I think it was kindergarten, and yeah, it was strange. <laughs> Girl, I must. I, I know I have trauma because I don't remember, <laughs> remember what happened. <laughs> That's crazy. I usually don't, but we were. It was like we were all sitting in a circle at a table in the back of the room. I think it was probably like some kind of circle time alphabet type of thing. And so we're going around in a circle and the teacher's showing us letters. And if you get a letter, you have to name an animal. And so I got Q and I named a quail. Oh, okay. But I was five or six. So smart. But I didn't know why I knew it or I knew it might have been a bird, but I was nervous because I was like, does anybody know what a quail is? Like, did I make that up? (laughs) Right. So So I say quail and the teacher goes, and what's a quail? And I'm like, I don't know. Because now you came at me crazy. So now I feel like, well, maybe that was a stupid answer. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Why did she? I don't get why she said that. Teachers are humans. I assume she it's just. It's an animal. I know. <laughs> but she didn't know, apparently. So then I feel insecure. And I just, even though I think it's a bird, I don't say I think it's a bird. Because I don't want to sound stupid again quote unquote. And so then she's like, okay, well, let's just name animals that we know. And I'm like, okay. And like, that was the end of it. Are you serious? Yes. (laughs) First of all, what other cute animal do we know? I don't know. (laughs) She should have took that letter out then. You were going to try to play me like that. That's crazy. But I don't know. It was just the memory that came back randomly as I've been working on asking for help. And I think that's one of the things that stops me from asking for help. And that's one of the things that makes people afraid of making mistakes, too. Because who answers a kid like that? Right. That doesn't make sense. I mean, I assume it was, you know, now that I'm older and I realize that teachers are basically my age. (laughs) I'm like, if I was in a room full of fifth and sixth graders all day long, I would get frustrated at some point, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You know what this reminds me of? It's not as it's not actually related, but I had a similar situation and I I wasn't smart. It wasn't smart. It wasn't <laughs> smart. We were going around and we were supposed to be, I think, naming foods or something. And for some reason when it came to me, I said lug nuts. 
and those are like screws or something yeah for a tire (laughs) they're the the screws you have to take off before changing the tire and uh you know it's weird i think about this often and i said lug nuts and she said lug nuts That's actually really funny. She said lug nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned what lug nuts were that day. I had no I don't That know is that. so funny. You must have just heard the word and was like, yeah, that's a nut. Sure. <laughs> and this is where asking questions would have been beneficial. <laughs> I should have been like, I think I have one, but I just want to check first. That's so and, funny. I don't know. I, hey, whatever. it happens. <laughs> The other memory that recently came to mind, and this one is also really silly and stupid. I was in the fourth grade, and we had just moved to our house, so I, you know, was new to the class, and we were all put in groups, because this is, I guess, when the whole putting people to teach them in groups thing became a thing, and we had to name our groups, and I think in my group, it might have been two boys, two girls, or three boys and me, I don't really remember. But there was this one boy, we were all trying to figure out what we were going to name our group. And at this time, I'm ashamed to say, I was really into Britney Spears. And so... (laughs) So what did you say? I didn't say anything. I wanted to name the group Britney Spears, but I felt like I would get played if I said that. I was already insecure from, you know, my whole quail incident. So... (laughs) They're going around, and he said, you want to name the group the Broncos? And I was like... Mm, no like no. I'm not into football and if I was my dad's a Cowboys fan in my head of course I did not say this out You're loud like, next right so then he goes oh well what do you I was like no so he goes what do you want to name it and I was like he was like you want to name it Britney Spears and I was just like no like, first of all how did you know that right she must have been like popping back she then. was very popular that was when she came out i think that was um her first cd hit me baby one more time or something like that so yeah. we ended up naming the group the broncos and i never confessed that i wanted to name the group britney spears because clearly that would have not been an acceptable answer he shamed you for the answer that you never even gave right okay yeah. wow That's and so like psychological like warfare yes I didn't even say it, and you still shame me. Right. <laughs> you know, I really can't. How do you win if you say or you don't say it? You still get, like, called out for Exactly. It. And this, this is why I say, like, trauma can be so simple, but yet so complex, because it's just like if you got a negative reaction to something, you just all of a sudden feel like, oh, well. So, like, now, like, even when I'm in classrooms, like, because you know me, I've been in and out of college forever. But yeah. whenever I'm in the classroom, like, I'm always hesitant. Not so much because I'm afraid that someone's going to shame me, but I'm still hesitant to raise my hand and answer a question, even if I know the answer is right. Because yeah. I'm just like, eh, well, do I want to put myself out there in the off chance that I could be wrong? And it's yeah. like that shame and that fear stops me. And so I don't know if you saw my Instagram story today, but I have this magnet on my fridge that says, never let fear become the boundaries of your dreams. Yeah. And that's been like my little mantra for the last year or so, because I'm just like, all right, I need to stop 
living in those like spaces of yeah. what if and just do it because okay I do it and I don't like it or I do it and I fail what's gonna okay. happen like <laughs> but it's so funny because they always say you're literally the only person stopping you and your own mind is your limitation um but it's weird how it's like all that stuff really does develop over time just through like reactions from other people because when we're younger we don't care if we're right or wrong we just do stuff right when you're you make a mistake and you're like okay whatever and you move on but you're right you're conditioned over time through being a kid sucks because kids are just mean yes so no matter what you do and i have that same thing where it's like i don't even when i'm in like zoom meetings and they ask a question and i have an opinion or i have a thought I don't know what it is in me. And I used to do this in school too, where I would just be like, I'll just let everybody else share. Mm. I'll take, but I'll just keep mine. I'm not going to give. I'll just keep my thoughts to myself. And I guess that is from just fear of putting yourself out there just because you don't want whatever the reaction is going to be. Right. Even if it's a positive reaction, you're just like, yeah, but I can't guarantee that. So, right. It's sad that you think that way. But like you said, you have to just remind yourself not to put boundaries on yourself. Yeah. Because when you think about it, if you do... So, I have gone on stage and flopped enough times at this point that I don't even care. Because <laughs> sometimes that just happens. And you would think that's like the worst thing that can happen in life is you go on stage and nobody likes you. But at this point, okay, you just right. go to the next But that's easier for me to do musically and on stage and stuff but there's still points in my regular life that I'm just like no I don't want to fail I'm, I'm mm. good so you're right it's just taking the limitations off of yourself and just expecting to succeed and whatever happens just let it happen yeah so what would you say why would you say that like pursuing with music it's easier for you to get back on the stage and keep going than it is for other stuff you know what I've, I've figured out? I am more, it's easier for me to be confident in something that I know for a fact is good. Mm. So if you know you can sing, you're fine going on stage and singing because you're like, okay, I know I can sing, it's fine. And if something happens and, and it gets weird or something awkward happens, it's fine because I can go somewhere else and sing again and I know I can sing, so it's not a big deal. Right. But when you have things in life that, are just reliant on you as a person. So like conversations that you have to have with people that you feel like are important and you're like, what if I say the wrong thing? Or mm. what if they ask me something and I don't know the answer and it gets weird. So those things like scare me more or like, okay, what if I try this new thing and it doesn't really work out and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm scared to even start. Cause what if I don't know where to go after that? Those things to me are more, um, like uh scary. make me more hesitant yeah, yeah they're more scary than just being like okay i know i can sing so i'm just gonna go up and if all else fails i'll just sing mm. and we'll be it's fine and I, I don't know stuff like so stuff outside of that can just be a little scarier because there's more variables yeah that's that funny i feel like up. something that i'm recently learning is so I was talking to um, Jeffrey about how like when I'm at church, right, and someone taps my shoulder and they're like, hey, go talk to so-and-so over there. Like they live in the same area as you and I think that you, you should get to know them. And I'm like, like I immediately panic. And I'm just like. <laughs> that's a 
I've had many of an encounter where I go ahead and I do it because I'm like, well, let me go meet the new person. And the conversation is so awkward. It's so bad. I clearly had no idea what I wanted to talk about. There's just nothing. But it's funny because then I do a podcast with complete strangers and I'm able to just have the conversation. And so I've been, I asked Jeffrey, I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to look at these conversations like podcasts. Yeah. Instead, so I'm basically what I'm saying is tapping it into my strengths. And so if I'm in a podcast, I know that I'm going in with the intention of getting to know the person. Obviously, I know you already, but getting to know the person, I want to know what it is that they want me to know. I want to get to what it is that they're trying to get my audience to know. So now when I go up to people, I haven't tried this yet, so I'll let you know if it bombs. But now I'm like, okay, maybe going forward, when I go into conversations with people that I don't know, I'll just treat it like a podcast. Hi, my name is Nori. You know, I've been at this church for this long. What's your name? Oh, it's so nice. You know, and then it'll be easier for me because I'm not thinking of it like, oh my gosh, I have to meet a stranger. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say to them? What are, what are we going to have in common? What if we have nothing in common? What do I ask? Like, because this is what happens is I panic. No, I, I'm, I'm the same way. And it's funny. I was reading this book. And they literally said, before you go into any conversation, know whatever it is that you're expecting out of the conversation. So that takes all the anxiety off of the conversation because it gives you now a direction. Right. And I think where a lot of people mean well, but maybe should back off at some point, we naturally know how to meet people Mm. because we did it already. We do it all day. We meet people by accident. We meet people on purpose and we it's in your approach. It's just, you meet people how you meet people. Right. But going and even kids, you know, kids, they'll, they warm up to you on their own time and then eventually they love you. But if you take a kid and be like, go say hi to your auntie, whoever, and they've never seen that aunt before. (laughs) They're like, no. Right. Like, for like why? why Who is that strange that? person? Yeah, but if they're just if you're just around someone and you naturally find a way to connect with them at some point, it's so much smoother. First of all, and a lot more natural and a lot less uh, uh, stressful because yeah. it's normal. It's if you think about the, even the person that's like, oh, go introduce yourself to such and such. It's like, is that how I met you? <laughs> just by walking up like. Hi, nice to meet you. Whatever. For some of the people in my church, that is exactly how it happened. That's interesting. But for I but you know what? For some people that works. Because for some people, like Jeffrey, he can naturally walk up to anybody and strike up a conversation. That's just who he is. That's a part of his personality. I panic at the thought. Like I immediately freak out. Yeah, and then I'm it weird. just put so much pressure on you all of a sudden to be like, okay, this is all on me. I right. have to now be the person who initiates a friendship. It's like, <laughs> how do you, like, what? Right. Who even goes something, like, thinking like that? Right. And so that's why I'm like, okay, I need to learn how to use what works for me. And so exactly. that's kind of how I'm going into everything now. I'm like, okay. I am a conversationalist. It just looks different than Jeffrey. And I think that, and me and Jeffrey have had this conversation often where our society is very extrovert focused. It's like everybody has to be talking all the time. And if you're not, then what's wrong? I hate it. I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> I know. Uh. And I can, I can like switch. Like I can pretend to be an extrovert for a certain amount of time. But when that time's up, I'm done. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Because for my business, I have to literally, I have to do that. Hi, nice to meet you. Hey, and strike up conversations with people. And I just be looking at people like, I don't want to do that. Right. You know? But you're right. There's like, especially if I go out for an event, like if I'm singing somewhere and you're supposed to network with people and that's how you, that's how you grow. So you have to open your mouth and talk to people right. at some point. So I can, I can do that. But at some point I'm going to clock out like, right. All right. right. It's time to let's wrap this up. I'm running out of um, socialism. <laughs> yes. socialism. <laughs> <laughs> I can't socialize anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're we're the same in that it's probably some something having to do with the way we grew up somewhere deep down i mean our- it could just be our personalities too i think that we talk to people that we talk to and then we don't talk to because like so f- it's funny the way i met tanisha is literally it was my sophomore year at caner and she was there all of a sudden and she was a new face and at this point i hadn't really made any deep friendships yet so i was like there's another black girl i'm gonna be her friend and oh, so, that is, yeah. And I literally walked up to her and said, "Hi, my name is Narisha. What's your name? Want to eat lunch with me?" See how fearless you are when you're younger, and then mm-hmm. as you get older, somehow you just teach yourself that that's not okay anymore. Right. It's like what happened between failures. Then and now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I can't do that anymore. I need to like, I need to be afraid of this. Yeah. It's funny. It's. it's- it's it's like, and that happens in every area in your life as you get older. I don't know what it is, but there's something that goes, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like, oh, that's weird. Or... You know, I'm, I'm literally reading a book right now, and it's basically negative reinforcement. Oh, so for some... Go ahead. What, are you reading something too? No, but that goes right in line with what I was talking about on my Insta story today. So I'll let you finish I'm, first. <laughs> so yeah, with negative reinforcement, I don't know what it is in us. But as we get older, we will really dwell on all the things that went wrong instead of just focusing on the things that went right. And I actually was doing that today to myself and I had to check myself because it was a long day. Mm. And I woke up at like 630, worked out, made a protein shake, went to work, had to go on a long break to go to Bridgeport to do an interview. Then I ended up in Stratford. Then I ended up back in Waterbury. I kind of let some people down because I wasn't able to show up for certain things. Finished working really, really late. And now I'm here on the podcast. So anyone else would be like, wow, you had a really long, productive day. Like you got a lot of stuff done. But all I'm thinking is, dang, I took too long of a break and I wasn't able to get back in time to do has tonight. And dang, I kind of let Edwin down because of whatever, whatever. And so I was thinking those thoughts. And then I had to check myself like, you did a lot of stuff today. Like, yeah. why are you so dwelling on... People will be okay, but it's negative reinforcement where you just dwell on things that happened already. Like, yeah. why do you keep punishing yourself for something that happened already? So move, true. It's it's literally done. It's never going to happen again. So move on. But it's something in our brains that just teach us to dwell. It's literally the same thing I've been going through. So... Yeah. It's a little bit different, but it's also the same. So when I was going through my panic attacks and my anxiety struggles, like really bad, I kept trying to do all the things that I felt like I was supposed to do because, well, I'm not working right now, so I should be able to take care of the entire house. And Jeffrey's like, but aren't you supposed to be resting? I'm like, yeah, but it's not fair that you're working and I'm not. And I just feel like I sit on the couch. 
Right. And so I just kept putting myself down, even though I was getting basics, like I was still making dinner, I was washing dishes, like, and washing laundry, like the basics that needed to be done were done. Yeah, it's enough. Right. So in that, I had to keep telling myself like, no, you need to rest, da da da, whatever. And then also, I would keep trying to drive, knowing I can't drive. So then I'd have to tell myself, no, you are not able to drive right now. You have to rely on other people. But what I found now, and that was good for that time, is it's so interesting the way the human brain works because now that I am better, I've been better for probably a month and a half, maybe two months now, and I have to tell myself, like, you are okay. You can go to the store by yourself. You can leave the house and run basic errands because I find myself sitting in the house all day doing a bunch of stuff at home. And then when Jeffrey gets ready to go somewhere, I'm like, oh, I need to go with you to go do this and this and this and that. And he's like, why? (laughs) Yeah, but you've now conditioned your mind like, I need help from people all the time. Exactly. I rely on people. I can't do this on my own. Exactly. So now I'm trying to find this balance of, okay, yes, I can't do everything on my own, but I can go to the dollar store and the grocery store by myself. But there are some things that I can now do. I think that's just going to take time because you ended up having to build a habit. Right. No, habits are hard to build and hard to break. So. But I think negative reinforcement is also a habit. Yeah. It's. It's, Our brain, for some reason, naturally gears towards negative reinforcement and just wanting to punish yourself because it's guilt. You feel guilty. So you just feel like I need to I need to punish me. Yes. No one else is thinking this. It's just you. Right. You just feel like this is what I deserve. Mm-hmm. And it makes no sense. You deserve everything that everyone else deserves. Like, right. you're the only one out here trying to tell yourself that you're not worthy. And you know what's funny about that is we're the same ones that are at our friends. Like, why are you thinking about yourself like that? <laughs> like, Don't do that. Yeah. And so I started talking to myself as if I'm one of my friends. Yeah. Because it's like, why Why am I putting... Like, if my friend told me that she got up late and then she had to take care of her kids and then she had to go make lunch and then they went down for a nap and she only got five minutes of free time before she had to go make dinner and then get them back up. and it, Like, I wouldn't be like, and you didn't get the laundry done? Yeah, you would be like, girl, you did enough. You actually should probably rest. Right. But for some reason, we tell ourselves, like, you are capable of more and you didn't do it. And that's that's not acceptable. Right. You need to do better. And it's like, girl, how much better are we going to do? Like, right. Tomorrow, but what happened today already happened today. I exactly. I've started now, what I'll do is, uh, and we have to cl- wrap up soon, but I've started writing down the things that I do in a day, or I will write down three things that I want to accomplish for the day. And then that way, by the end of the night, as long as I got those three things done, I'm like, oh, I did it. Like, yeah. it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I, I accomplished goals. I set goals and accomplished them. Right. And it feels good. And I think that that's something, coming back to pursuing your passion, that, like, you can write down. Like, if you feel like you really just don't have the time. Like, say you're working hours, you're a, sing- you're a mom, you're a single mom. Or even if you just work a lot and you're like, yeah. well, I don't have time to, like, I could be disciplined, but I don't have time to dedicate to my business Find three things every day, even if it's one thing every day that you can do to get closer to your business. And if you find that one thing and you'll find the time for it because you're like, okay, this is the one thing I have to do today, you'll do it. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to 
people pursuing their passions and feeling like they they can't for xyz reason it's because we really skip over all the little things and we want to get straight to the big stuff right so we we're for whatever reason we're not okay with just doing one thing today one thing tomorrow one thing and just letting those small things atomic habits those small things build up over time we feel like no, I need to have a full day so I can do this, 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 and this. And then tomorrow I'm going to do this. So you set yourself up to fail. Right. With another thing, of another version of negative reinforcement where you purposely give yourself so much to do that you know you can't handle it. And then that just reinforces why you, why you shouldn't be able to do it. That's right. why I have to just stay at my job because it doesn't work. Yep. And you didn't actually give yourself a fair chance at making it work. So true. I think that that's something that I fell into the trap of while I was at the job after the shipping company is I would literally. Company. Yeah. Please hit me up in my DMs if you would like. <laughs> I would literally schedule out my day from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. with everything I had to do, partially yeah. because I didn't want anybody throwing anything into my schedule. Like, oh, we're going to pop up a meeting right here. Because I still have all of these things to do. Yeah. So I'm learning now how to leave gaps for myself. So yeah. if a task goes over time, I have time. Or if I just decide I don't feel like it right now, I can push it off till later without feeling like, ah, I didn't have it done. I don't, you know. So, yeah. I feel you on that. I think we just got to focus more on the little things. And right. that's what I'm, I'm learning is one little thing each day turns into a great amount of just effort and stuff and results over time. Don't try to put everything on your plate all at once because most of the t most things that you plan don't go the way you want them to go anyway. So right. why would you set yourself up for all of that? Like yes. you said, give yourself some wiggle room. Like, <laughs> girl, <laughs> we got a lot of time. We're not running out of time. I don't know why. I know I kind of tell myself this low key, like I have to keep reminding myself, like you, you have time. It's okay. You want to be out of your nine to five by 30, but if you have to be out of your nine to five at 31, it's okay. Right. Like, it's not, who cares what the number is? It it's matter. so true. I get wrapped up in that too. Like I just get so caught up in the goal. Like I yeah. set a goal to get my LLC started by the end of, the, of March. It's literally March 1st. And I'm like, why don't I have the money yet? <laughs> And it's like, but, are you, but if you think about it, are you closer to getting your LLC started now than you were when you set the goal? Yes, I am. Who cares? Right. It's like, why do we do that? <laughs> it's like the reason you set a goal is to make sure that every day you're working towards something. Exactly. If you don't hit the goal on the day you set to hit the goal, you're still already leaps and bounds ahead of where you would have been. If you tried to either put it off or try to do it all at once and then it didn't work out and you gave up. Exactly. Be patient with yourself. It's okay. Yes. And I think that's a perfect place to end. Be patient with yourself. It's okay. <laughs> my, literally, my mentor tells me this all the time. And I'm just now getting it. He's like, girl, be patient with yourself. It's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It's not if. It's just when. Exactly. Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age.
Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Discovering Me podcast. Just wanted to let you know that we will be going on a short break for the month of April. In the meantime, you're able to keep up with Discovering Me on Instagram at discoveringme.nori and Facebook at discoveringme.nori and on TikTok at discoveringme.nori. So keep in touch with us on social media and we'll see you back in May. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Discovering Me. I hope that you are inspired and spurred on toward a deeper connection with God. If you're looking for a church in the Southern Connecticut area, search Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. And don't forget, tune in next Monday for a new episode. And always remember to faithfully pursue a life of passion.